This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. So at the end of season two, I told you I wanted to do something a little different, right? But up to this point, you haven't really felt the difference. But I'm just telling you in this episode, you will. Up until now, everything has been so tight, like super high production value, real excellence. And I've been very proud of that. But season three is intentionally different. And from the get-go, I've envisioned this season kind of like like a spinoff. I wanted it to feel different. I wanted it to look different and sound different. It's still Amstigator, don't get me wrong. We still talk about deep life events, but the focus is sort of changing, changing away from purpose as a destination to more of the lessons we learn along the pathway to purpose. And I also wanted this to be just about women and wisdom. So this is the episode where it just really comes together and you're really going to start to see the vision I've had for it. I've pulled together some of my best girlfriends, my favorite female collaborators. They're sharing their lessons this season and it's great. But this is the first episode where you'll really understand what I had envisioned all along. So today you're going to meet two of my really good friends here in Nashville, and I've actually wanted them to be on the podcast since it launched. I've wanted them individually, like, hey, I really think you should be a part of this. Uh, Hey, you helped me launch this. Hey, you encouraged me on this path. I really want to interview you. And every single time, each of them were like, absolutely not. And the only way these two specific friends said yes is if I agreed to record their episode together. Neither one of them wanted to be in the hot seat alone. So this is what we ended up with is an episode with two girlfriends together. So it's all three of us at once. One of those amazing friends is my friend Joyce Williams. She's an ICU doctor here in Nashville. You guys, she was my angel, truly my angel during my recent hospitalizations. She visited me nearly every single night in the hospital. And in this episode, I call her my advocate because that's what she was I was joking with her this past weekend, too. I was like, hey, listen, I can't thank you enough. And the only way I can come up with is if, like, maybe I I donate an organ to you. Like, if you need something like that, let me be the first in line. And that's how we realized, oh, wait, we both have the same blood type. So I know my friend's blood type. I don't even know my kid's blood type. But she is that kind of angel for me. The other person you're about to meet is Kelly Alvarez. Kelly is actually the reason you're listening to this podcast right now because it was her who planted the seed. And she's also the reason I do opening monologues for every single episode now. So like what you're listening to at this very moment, she encouraged me to do that. So her fingerprints are all over this podcast. Now, Kelly is the wife of former Major League Baseball player Pedro Alvarez. Uh, He was drafted second overall out of Vanderbilt back in 2008. He spent a decade being paid to play professional ball. I mean, he was an all-star, a silver slugger. I mean, he's just got so many awards, right? But she's been a baseball wife and raised their two daughters. But the beautiful thing about Kelly is that she's now getting the chance to rekindle her professional dreams as a therapist, which we talk about in this episode, like her embarking on this life journey now in her middle 30s and what that means. It's just really amazing. 
So here's why I wanted these two women on this podcast. I think when we talk about the most basic foundation of women sharing wisdom, one of the simplest things is this. We need each other. But if you're like me and you've moved around for work, you go somewhere new and completely lack community or deep female friendships, it's hard to make those as adults. And actually, all three of us women were in the same exact place. So this episode explores the real need we all have for girlfriends, how you make those friends, and then also the tenets of a strong and respectful relationship with other women who love and respect you and encourage you and who are there for you and have boundaries just like you have boundaries. These women have been there for me. They have seen me at my literal worst. And these are friendships we've just developed in a few years' time. I do need to warn you, though. <laughs> this episode feels absolutely nothing like what you've heard so far on Amstigator, which is why I love it. It is the direction that season three is going. Plus, it's with women I dearly love. So, so more than anything, like this feels like happy hour drinks with girlfriends and less like a conversation about life lessons. But that's what's so beautiful about being with soul sisters, right? You just sort of float between laughter and tears. The truth is I love these ladies so much. It does always feel like, you know, self-care. When I'm with them, it is my self-care. So I encourage you, enjoy this episode as we explore deep adult friendships and we ask ourselves, what's the lesson here? What do you have to do after this? I'm just curious. I blocked off my whole day. <laughs> I said I didn't know when this was going to be over. So yeah. You know what you should do is you should say, oh, it didn't finish, like roll in at yeah. like 6 or 7 p.m. You should go to the club. <laughs> do happy hour. Everybody should. be like, the club, They're, we're not open yet. Like, I'm still here. I'll just hang out at the bar. Oh, the tattoo parlor. Oh, that's okay. what we were supposed to do. So, so can we that's talk tattoos? the schedule was cleared. I am, I am very upset about this. So we were supposed to start with tattoos. Yeah. This is what we were, like our text chain is literally called Ta the tattoo crew. crew. <laughs> I don't have a tattoo. And I, since I was 19 years old, have wanted the same tattoo, which you you know. But yes. I've wanted this tattoo, and I thought for sure this was going to happen before this meeting. Instead of tattoos, I feel like <laughs> I had to trade for damn, like, like I, bruises. Bruises and IV scars all over. Look at this. Oh, yeah. All oh, yeah. over the place. You get tattoos around your scars. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be terrible mark, placement. Mark the Isn't that awful though? Look how discolored they are. Anyway. But that's what I get. Through it. I have to I have to have bruises instead of my tattoos. We can still go. The day is young. Yeah. <laughs> Someone is <laughs> Friday open, open hours. That's true. Are they really open hours yeah. today? Or like I say they, like as if Honestly, there's only one place. For the tattoos that I think that you want, and maybe even yours too, because it's like constellation. So uh -huh. it seems like it should be pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. I think we could do it today. I'll just get whatever. Like literally, <laughs> Can I'm I down for the moment. Learn after the first time, Kelly. <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna get it covered up. So there's no, there's literally no accountability. Can I be honest me. with you? What I would be missing if we went into tattoos, school pickup. Oh right, oh right, that right, can right, be right. done. Children. No, I've already. My husband already said to me. He's like, you know what? You're gonna be <laughs> you have some recording an episode. <laughs> he's like, you're gonna be recording an episode and drinking. He's like, probably best that we plan for you <laughs> not to pick know. up our children. So you're free. Yeah, so you are free. So I'm technically free. I also could roll in at 6 p.m. and be like. Oh, Likewise. we had technical issues. Yeah. It was just a or problem. We just had such good material. Yeah. We just kept going. Kept going. I got three episodes <laughs> out of that recording. 
<laughs> if you need filler at any point in the season, just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interludes. Um, okay, so I, I do want to start by you guys kind of introducing yourselves, like, who you are. Mm-hmm. Your facial mm-hmm. expression. <laughs> <laughs> Can I introduce a... Joyce? I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh, actually, this oh, is a fun way to do this. I was kidding. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I this would is love even, to hear that. This is better than what I had planned. So, okay. yes, you can introduce each other. Yeah. Kelly, because you came up with this great idea, <laughs> you introduce our friend Joyce Williams. Oh, should I do it like basketball style, like standing in at 5 a.m.? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You want me to like come in? <laughs> What's your walk-up oh music? God. I need to know. <laughs> the Rocky um, song, obviously. Well, I would say, describing my friend, mm-hmm. Joyce, obviously she... Well, not obviously. No one else knows me, right? <laughs> so, knows. Okay, now I just got real nervous. <laughs> Stop no, it. Take it. another drink and try again. Okay, uh, yeah, let me try again. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm introducing my friend, Dr. <laughs> Joyce Williams, who is an ICU pulmonologist, right? It, At, mm-hmm. yes? Yeah. No. By training, yes. By training. Yeah. And she is a mom of two wonderful little girls and wife to a wonderful also doctor. And I think the thing that I would describe Joyce as is she's funny, she's warm, and she is a great friend. Cool. Thank you. Bam, bam, bam. She's from New York, from the city. Yeah. How would you describe yourself, Joyce? Um... Agree. I am a mom, wife, doctor, friend, sister, ma, daughter, <laughs> all of the above. Um, but yeah, currently an ICU doctor in Nashville, mother of two. Questionably wonderful girls. Questionably <laughs> wonderful. wonderful. Depending on the day. No, wonderful. No, they're wonderful. Um, uh, yeah. Just. I felt like it was really hard to describe you just then. I'm like fact checking myself. Like, wait a minute. I was yeah. going to like go into your school. She went to Boston <laughs> University. She got her master's in public health, right? Uh-huh. That's true. Um, wow, you know a lot about me. I yeah, know. I feel like I did and then I like clammed up. Like, I don't know you. But I, I was just, like. I just think it's fun to say like you didn't even get out of school until 35 right weren't you 35 or 34 i don't want to do the math it's just Uh, crazy to think of like you spent 35 years so four years ago so yeah 35 35. yeah it's just a lot right like how much schooling you have to do well anybody who's chosen the path that you've chosen like the amount of schooling you have to do to be ready for it yeah (laughs) i'm like you just got like like, in my midlife crisis and starting my first job (laughs) 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 i did think it was crazy i realized i don't know if i told you guys that I realized basically from high school until now, I've lef- lived my life in three to four year increments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, you know, high school, wow. college, a little bit of a break, grad school, uh, med school, residency, fellowship, they're all three to four year blocks. And now I'm like just outside mm. of my four year block. How and do I'm you like, feel? Oh. Does this it, isn't a block anymore. Does like, it feel like you need life. to transition? Like, does it feel like there's I something actually nice? doesn't. That's and awesome. the fact that I'm not transitioning and okay with it, I love it. Yeah. Maybe you're like, evolving, friend. I yeah. I guess I am. And I'm just like in this plateau. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm good with it. Yeah. Like I don't need change. I don't need to do more. Yeah. I'm just cruise controlling and loving it. Yes. It's it's a fun place to be. <laughs> I love that. After like trying to climb the ranks and like get to the top of the mountain. Not that I'm at the top of a mountain. I am literally in a plateau, I feel like. And I'm good. I would say, too, something I would describe you as. Like, from the moment I met you and, like, found out about you or, like, you know, as we revealed ourselves to each other and I found out what you did, you are so cool. Like, (laughs) I don't really know how to describe it, but just, like, you're just cool. Like, you just, you're... She's also unassuming, like super unassuming. Yeah, and even, and I would just say, like, you bring that calm that calm like um assuredness like yeah i don't know yeah when i'm around you i feel like everything's gonna be okay yeah joyce is oh, here. Joyce, dr <laughs> joyce is here i'll <laughs> never forget the day that i found out you were a doctor it was like we were at a birthday party and some kid had a pebble in their knee yeah. and somebody needed help and and i was being told like second-handed or third-handedly oh yeah well, well joyce is up there trying to get the rock out of so-and-so's knee and i'm like why <laughs> why is why joyce, why why is joyce <laughs> doing that and they're like she's a doctor and i was like Joyce is a doctor? No way. I literally think it was me that was like, <laughs> you're like, where did Joyce go? It's like, oh, she's taking a pebble out of Evelyn's knee. And you're like, why? Why? Yeah. I was like, well, she's a doctor. It so, says the person who passes out at the side of blood. <laughs> yeah, it's never good when you walk into a party and they're like, you're a doctor, right? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> or like it's a few a weeks ago when I texted you at three in the morning, you up. <laughs> and you're like, you weren't. And Four you hours later. You call me later and you're like, no one messages or calls me between the hours of 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. unless it's a freaking medical emergency. So like, what's your, yeah, what's the problem? What's the problem? Like, which kid fell off? Yeah, she's like, what what kid? What's wrong with what kid? And I'm like, actually, the emergency's with me. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, Mm. you know, what's the, anyway, we'll get into that later. Um, My friend. Introduce my other friend. Oh, Joyce inter- introduced for, for this. This one's a lot harder. <laughs> Kelly Alvarez. I don't think it's harder. I think you're not Sorry. you're not as gracious. Ooh. I mean, you're not as um almost generous with your own accomplishments and what makes you amazing. So I'm excited that <laughs> Joyce is gonna intro. <laughs> I you. do think this is harder because there's like so much that she does that mm-hmm. so it's not quantifiable. Kelly <laughs> is not from New York, despite popular belief as much as I like to believe that she is. She's from East Tennessee. Good old That's right, baby. Go Who would have thought? Former basketball superstar. <laughs> now turned marathoner extraordinaire. <laughs> also yoga instructor, aspiring psychologist. Therapist to everyone. trainer. <laughs> You're so sweet. Who is also the mother of two wonderful little girls. And wife to... Baseball player. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call you like a baseball wife. It's though. true. Though. I know that was sound, like your It does thing. sound offhanded to say like you're a wife, you right. know, like a wag, it, right? Wives and girlfriends. I used to have like a, a lot of friction with yeah, that. Yeah, friction with calling myself a baseball wife. And then one day we were like Googling Pedro for something. And, you know, when you Google someone and if they're, it'll say like spouse. And then a lot of times if it's whatever, they won't have, it won't be linked and I found out that mine was linked and I was so excited. I'm like, I have a link. That means like if you press it, there's something about me on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> so I pressed it 
And it was a link because my dad is a baseball coach as well. And so it was just like, daughter of Pat Murphy. Oh, I was like, wow. oh, man, so, man oh. I'm really entrenched <laughs> in the baseball wag <laughs> world. But, Kelly, no. I just, I've never thought of this until this very moment. But I feel like, oh, this, can, can we just start by diving Let's deep here? Let's like deep. being, um, God, almost defined in a way by the men in your life? I mean, 100%. Yeah. And what's weird is I didn't grow up with my dad. And so to have that be something that is my dad is important to me and is in, in my life, but I didn't grow up with him. So to have that be the link was kind of like this is such like, a misrepresentation mm -hmm. yeah. of like all the hard work my mom did, you know, also mm -hmm. raising me like I was raised by a single mom. Yeah. And so to be defined by the men in my life is kind of ironic. Oh, yeah. 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 But I, fine. Too. Tell us quickly how you met Pedro, because I just think this is such a wild story. And you kind of like said, I will never, because growing up, like yes. with your dad being yes. a, like a ball coach, you're yeah, like, he, I'm never dating athletes. I'm just not doing it. He coached at Arizona State for from 94 until 2009. And so I was around baseball players a lot. And some of them are like literally some of my greatest friends, best people I know. A lot of them are not. And <laughs> I, because of how I saw things, I just thought, you know, being a professional athlete's wife is not what I want yeah, for that's, my future. That's it's not just, me. Yeah. yeah, I respect them, respect those women, but I did not want to to do that. And so Pedro played at Vanderbilt University and his coach's daughters came and worked for my dad. And the moment they met me, they said, you remind us of this guy that plays for our dad. You even look like him. I looked him up and he's like, you offended. Look, you like, don't look like yeah. him. I mean, like, he's That's a funny. very handsome man, but I was like, but, like he's, he's like larger than my hips. <laughs> he's huge. Yeah, he's like, huge. He, well, he's like, like a huge dude and yes. you're like a little girl. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I don't know. But anyway, so then, yeah, so they ended up randomly playing in a tournament out there. We were set up on a blind date. I made them come with me because <laughs> I was like, I'm not dating this dude at all. And I ended up getting a, we'd go on the blind date. It was fine. We end, I ended up getting an internship at Vanderbilt in sports medicine the next year. And we started talking then and never looked back. I have to say, yeah, the difference <laughs> is like from the moment I met him, he was different in the sense of like, it never felt like he was trying to like win me over or like, you know, like get the next girl or whatever. And he went really high in the draft. So like I kind of wrote him off. I was like, this guy's getting ready to yeah, he's you know, gonna go be, this, be party mm -hmm. central. And he just very authentic connections, like asking me about me and like helping yeah. me with my move to Nashville. Just credit to who he really is. Well, and I, I think I've, you've described him like this before that I, I think this is the best way to describe your husband, which is like he's a guy who happens to be good at baseball, 100%. not yeah. a baseball player. Yeah. And oh yeah, he's a husband. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's opposite. He yeah. just, he just happens to be good at baseball. And so that's what he's done. And I would say but he doesn't like, define him. Not at all. And in post baseball life, which he's now getting back into, he would say, I a hundred percent talk about, watch, think about baseball way more than him. It's way more <laughs> a part of my everyday life. He has so many other interests. And I mean, that's just, it really is. He would say, I got really lucky. I worked really hard, but yeah. I got really lucky that I was talented at baseball. I had these natural gifts that I worked hard to put into play, and I got rewarded heavily for it. And, yeah, I mean, he loves the game. Don't get me wrong. He loves it. It's a huge part of him, but it's one part of him. Yeah. yeah. Now he's dad extraordinaire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it. I love all of it. Yeah. I think I just think it's so fun. I, um, let's get into how we all met, because Ooh, yeah. this is like its own fun little story, because... <laughs> 
I think the bigger picture of, of this episode and why I wanted you guys on, um, not just to like illustrate what I want to do with season three, which is to just have more authentic conversations, less question answer and more true conversation. And I think what can be more true of a conversation than the one that you're having with your best girlfriends, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're sharing a bottle of Brute Rosé, you know, which is like Cheers. so very on brand with its beautiful <laughs> pink coloring. Um, but we're also... Uh, you know, just being honest with each other and authentic. And that's what I wanted season three to represent. Um, Number one was that. But then number two, um, I wanted it to also, this particular episode, to to be able to convey what is um, where I am personally in this very specific phase in my life, which is seeing things happen, experiencing different things in my life, and then asking myself the question of what's the lesson here mm-hmm. what's what's the lesson with all of this mm-hmm. you know being I think mature enough to to be able to pull yourself outside of a situation where maybe you might want to put yourself into like victim mode in whatever situation it is but pulling yourself out saying wait a minute let's be objective here what's the lesson here and so by pulling you two into this conversation and and with that like idea in mind um I, I think I think what it is that that you guys are able to bring for this and for me is a real authentic way of allowing me to like just really bring that message forward. And I think too, with um, this very important uh, facet of life, which is friendship and deep, deep friendship and why that's so important. And it's not just, um, my mom said it this way and I thought it was so beautiful deep friendships with other women is not a luxury. Mm -hmm. It's a necessity. Mm -hmm. And because we support each other in a way that, I mean, you you just don't get. Mm -hmm. You just don't get from someone else that maybe a man or maybe someone who doesn't have the same life experience as you. But I think that's what's so beautiful about our story is that all of us kind of came to Nashville similar times Mm -hmm. and we were in similar needs. Mm -hmm. And so... Again, on one hand, it's like, what can we look at, you know, our friendship? How do we look at our friendship and say, well, what's the lesson here? And what can we teach others just from our own experience of finding deep friendship, deep in adulthood, you know, in the midst of life, in the midst of things that are like, I mean, when you have kids, it's a lot, right? It's hard to find friends as adults. And so um, that's kind of what I want you to be here for. And I... I initially, I wondered, why am I going to place this episode? And now I think like with everything that's gone on in my personal life with my own, like with all of the, the surgeries and the hospitalizations suddenly, which is like the timing, I think in and of itself has been divine in this very strange way. But I feel like this should be the lead off episode for season three, because it's like when you strip everything away from a person, what's yeah. left, yeah. right? It's the, I think it's the impact they leave on other people. Yeah. You know, it's the friendships they have. It's the relationships they have. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you guys have been there for me in such a way that's like, I, I mean, I to, to continue using the word authentic, it's deeply authentic and yeah. deeply meaningful. Are you crying, Kelly? Yes, always. <laughs> Come on. I was just thinking like literally <laughs> Joyce being at the hospital for you mm. every day. You know what oh I mean? My God, like I'm, that was... I was I'm working, cry. guys. <laughs> well, like, don't, don't try to play it off. Like, yeah. don't try to play it off. Like, yeah. she saw me ass out in a back, like, in a, like, what is it called? Like, like a hosp- hospital gown. 
hospital gown, like the worst I could possibly be. Yeah. Truly, like yeah. people say, like, oh, you saw me at my worst. What? No, no, you literally saw me and smelled me at my worst, <laughs> you know? And she's like taking like bath wipes and wiping my back. And I'm like, <sighs> this is like real friendship. And every time I, you know, like my family couldn't be at the hospital. My husband couldn't be. At the, no one could be at the hospital with me. But you were there. And I, I'm going to cry. Like every time I talk about it, like you, you gave me a gift in those days in the hospital. I didn't even know I needed. But you knew because you consistently deal with people who are yeah. dying. Yeah. And you people die on your watch you know, with frequency. And so you knew how to take care of me. I didn't know what I needed, but you did. And I mean, that's friendship, right? Like, <laughs> I was I mean, so listen, smelly and gross. This goes back to like, <laughs> when I was in training, I had this attending who I didn't really appreciate at the time. But day one, he said, every patient that you have, you treat them like a family member. Mm. Whether it's, that's your mom, that's your dad, that's your sister, that's your brother that's your family member and you treat them like you would want to be treated, right? It's like, it goes back to right. what we've learned forever, right? And so it was easy with you because <laughs> you were already a friend that like, I didn't have to pretend like you were a family member. So it was just like, you know, I my biggest thing is I never want anyone to be alone in the hospital. And when I see fam patients that are alone in the hospital, who are my patients, I feel for them and you know, I know the spectrum of things that can happen. And so the fact that I could have been there, that was easy. Like it wasn't no brainer. <laughs> are outcomes different if people are in the like relations or the friends? If I mean, I just think the fact them? that not having someone to be an advocate for yeah. them mm. makes a difference. And, you know, even if it's just like personally, like you're not getting your pain medication controlled because you're pain controlled because that literally you know, was my no situation. No one's answering yeah. your button or whatever yeah. it is. That literally you know? was my situation. Anyway, yeah, keep going. like it's real. You know what I mean? And like imagine like you were on the floor, you were relatively stable, but like still you have real needs, right? And, yeah. you know, I'm in the ICU and people there have needs that are a little bit more involved. More, and yeah. so like. And more dire. You know, like. You know. I just can't imagine a better person. I know from experience, like even like smaller stuff, like when I did IVF and I would be at the doctor's office, the difference between when Pedro came with me and when I was by myself of what mm -hmm. the doctor said and what I heard yeah. was mm -hmm. like miles apart. Like yeah. I would come home and be like, Pedro, they said this. And he'd be like, no, they didn't. They said that was an option. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And just to have someone who not only loves you and is like there for you, but also is a doctor. So can right. literally be like, okay, I, I see what's going on. I can see what she needs emotionally, right. but also like physically, let's get her some pain medicine. <laughs> yeah. No, like I think you talked it's me like off, the off the ledge a couple of times. There were some things like, I, I, you know, even I felt more comfortable asking you questions, you sure. know, yeah. than asking others. And then it's interesting, like that when you talk about it, saying the word advocate, like that other people need an advocate. That is how I've described you in that whole, you know, that whole hospital stay is like I had an advocate and not just any advocate, like when I was deep in the depths of pain that I lit physical pain that I could not control I, and I had been given so much pain medicine that like no one could even believe how much I'd been given through right. my IV and you 
know me right. and we're still able to say, no, this person isn't a junkie. Right. Like she can actually <laughs> feel like, this is legit. This is a legit thing. <laughs> I, I can vouch for her. Yeah. Like this is a problem. Like that to you is small. To me is everything. So first of all, like cheers to you, my friend. Yes. For cheers like, to good glad you came out of it, girl. Oh my <laughs> yes. god. Good Lord, I'm actively trying not to go back. <laughs> actively trying. I remember vividly meeting both of you. But Do I you don't, really? Yeah, but I don't know how you guys, like what your origin story is. Like birthday party. Yeah, it was all like, okay, so this is birthday this, party. This is the whole thing. So like in season, I feel like it was in season two in one of my solo episodes that I had mm-hmm. made mention of like, I have made, I've met my best friends in Nashville from Going to places I never wanted to go and talking with people I never wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like kids' birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make me go to another kid's birthday party. But I, we, you know, this is like pre-COVID, yeah. right? Which feels yeah. like a lifetime ago. But like when you consistently go and you're like, oh hey, so mm-hmm. gonna see you again. <laughs> nice to see you. Tell me your name again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And after making small talk a couple of times here and there, and the, you know, you just start to like, I don't know, you start to get a sense of someone. What, what what's your? Because I know you have a way of describing Kelly like our yes. first date. So <laughs> we were on what we call the OG birthday circuit. Yeah. And it was. All of our firstborns, mm-hmm. like first, kind of like go around at the birthday party scene, and we were all at the same Montessori. They were all like three and four, our girls, three and four, right at the yeah. time. And we we're going to all these birthday parties, start seeing each other more regularly. I remember seeing you at Sajin's birthday party oh, yeah. at the bounce yeah. house. Yeah. The bounce yes. Oh my god, you guys! I was in the, I was in the depths of like postpartum depression, like undiagnosed that I should have gotten help for. So it's so funny that like you, you looked. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you, I definitely you guys. Tell that. So oh I my God. remember being like, "That's the thing about mental health, right?" Like, and that gets hidden. Yes, it does. Because I remember seeing you, and Lucy had mentioned a little girl had just come to the class because I think Sammy came in a little later, right? And so Lucy was like, "Oh, Sammy, Sammy!" And then I saw you, and you were Sammy's mom, and I was like, "Wow." Who is she? Because I definitely like. I was like, gotta gotta Google. So they're just like, oh no, she's on the news. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. So I'd already kind of like formed that and was a little intimidated. I was like, oh okay, she was out of my league. <laughs> Do but I get her? Autograph? She's super nice. So you were very like pleasant and so nice, so like warm. And I don't think we. I think. I don't remember. There was a lot of chaos at that bounce party. So I think like we left. Everyone got like a stomach flu after that. And then at the next party, I saw you and we were talking and we like vibed. It was like, I don't even, we don't even remember where our kids are because you and I were just like, oh, they're locked fine. In. The kids will be fine. Yes. And at the end, I was like, I had to go and I was like looking at you like, man, this was so great. And see I just you at was the like, next party. I was like, well, I'll see you around. Kind of like and you looked at me, you stopped and you were like, you know we can do this outside of a birthday party, right? And I was like, yes, we can. You're like, we can, let me get like, your number. Yeah, I was we can like, like actually date. Like, <laughs> so then I say that you asked me on a date, and we went to uh, Bongo Java, right? Was that was our that first? It? No, it was that coffee shop that's closed. That's on, right. Um, not 12 South, but like 10. Yes. 10 yeah, 10 it is closed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great place. Yeah. The one time I went. Yeah. No, that's what's funny, like. Oh, the box. I, the box. Yeah, yeah that box. was a good place. Yeah. Um, and it was just so beautiful inside. But anyway. I think I just want to turn the question around to you. Like when we when we talk about that, like when you think about that time, what do you think the lesson is from that time? I think similarly, like I did not I felt very uncomfortable. I felt like for me, 
I'm meeting all these women. I'd met Joyce. I'd met Jamie, one of our friends as well, mm-hmm. Lindsay as well. And you guys were so professional, so like top of your game. And I was like, who am I to even think that these women could you know, like be around, what could I offer them? Why would they want to be my friend? Okay, first of all, friendship's not transactional. For sure, <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. But I was thinking like, these women are so incredible. What, they're gonna be like, this girl needs to like, you know, grow up a little bit and then she can come be our friend. And I think the lesson that I learned from that was to be authentic, to like, you know, I wish that I would have, I could have done the same more. Like I wish how you invited me on a date, I wanna be bold like that. I'm getting ready to move and to New Jersey. And I want to be bold like that. I want to be authentic in myself. And when I vibe with somebody, I want to ask them on a date. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing that made us all so, I, the way I describe it is all of us being so fortunate to have found each other is like, we were all in this place where we were I don't want to say, Kelly, that you were new into town, but, but you were in of. a way no, you were kind I was. Of new in Nashville, yes. even though you guys had always had home a base, home had always been in Nashville because Pedro had been at Vanderbilt. But, but no community. But no community no. because no. you would, you know, he had played in all these different places, yeah. right? So you were in Pittsburgh for a while and yeah. Milwaukee, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so then suddenly you're back in Nashville, you have nobody. And then Joyce had just moved here for her first job, which I think is so hilarious to say, you know, in your late 30s. Um, mid thirties. And then I had just moved here, um, as a, how old was I as a 33 year old woman at the time, you know, so like there's all of us who need a friend. We're in a completely new situation. I knew that I needed to model female friendships for my daughter Mm -hmm. because I saw she was already having like anxiety of Mm -hmm. how do I meet someone? And, And I had to model that. And for me, that meant I had to overcome like social anxiety too, which is funny to say, like, I know you, I am in front of people all the time and I'm with people all the time, but it's different when you're going in front of people as like this, like I'm, I am this person as opposed to, Hey, I'm just Lauren, just mom. And I'm, I'm making a friend that requires vulnerability, Mm -hmm. you know, creating friendship, earning friendship, reciprocating friendship that requires a lot of openness, energy, time, and in, sometimes you have only one person who wants that. It does require another person to want the yeah. same thing. And I think we were all really fortunate to find each other at the same time because we wanted the same thing at the same time. And we were all willing to put in the time to do it. Joyce, how do you describe that time, like when we were all becoming friends? So I think coming in to Nashville and like I didn't work with women in my mm. first job. Mm. And I was like, like women friendships is, has always been a very important thing for me. Like went to an all girl high school, still best friends with the girls that I met with there. And, you know, like through college, just always having like a strong group of girlfriends and like needing the girlfriends to be close in proximity was very important to me. But, you know, what do you do? Go on like match.com saying I'm looking for girlfriends, <laughs> right. you know, and it's like, get one of those I don't know if I ever thought it would have been <laughs> my daughter's mom friends yeah. Yeah. because I had never been in that position where like mm. I was doing like the school mom thing, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like these were my, which is my crew. It feels like you should be like driving a minivan when you right. say that. Right, with yeah. like sock, like orange yeah. peels in the back yeah. and stuff. And like now I'm thinking like as we're talking like, did we force our daughters to be friends? Or right? did they did we? make us 
be friends. Did they? <laughs> because she I felt like we vibed, right? Yeah. Well, I and think like, we force our daughters to be friends with each other all the time. I'm like, nope, you're going to lose yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, they love each other. <laughs> but they do. Yeah. They do love and each other. And it just true. works very well. But like now thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I think we forced them to be friends. Yeah. But, and you know, no regrets, obviously. But like, I just think like, same, like going to those birthday parties, it was it was work at the beginning because yeah. I remember us, we had our little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had newborns. Yeah. And, right. you know, going between like diaper changes and feedings at the birthday parties and trying to talk and catch up and like see who we were. Yeah. Yeah. And do all of that at the same time. And, you know, wrangle the kid, the older kids. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. And then, you know, this weight of like, I want those girl connections, but those take time and I don't have patience. And, yeah. you know, but like, all of the pieces just kind of falling into place over however many four how, years. I don't even know been. how many. It feels new and also old at the same time. Oh, like, I yeah. feel like I've known you guys for a long time. I feel so comfortable and, like, yeah. authentic. I, I love you guys. But I'm also, like, it feels like we just met in some yeah. ways of, like, yeah, because it's I, hard to quantify with, like, your kids. It too. is hard. And I think it's also doubly hard because of COVID. Like, exactly. COVID, everything pre-COVID feels like a different world. It does. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't even meet until the end, like very end of 2018. Yeah. Our love grew <laughs> in yeah. 2019. Blossomed. And then I and I think truly there was something about COVID where we had already made a deep enough connection that by COVID, yeah. I remember meeting once a month, like on each other's back porches, <laughs> like yeah. we'd stay six and 10 feet apart, but yeah. we would, you know, be damn sure there'd be a drink yeah. and we'd be there for each other. We'd put our kids to bed yeah. and we would meet up at eight or eight thirty, and, you know, or whatever time. And we would just, even on school night, sometimes it'd be midnight, you know, yeah. just because I think what we all found was that we, we ourselves needed that. Yeah. And I think for myself, um, you know, making adult friends, I had never, after college, I'd never really made strong. I have, Please don't get me wrong. I have a few friends from each places from each place I've lived. Like here's one or two friends here, one yeah. or two friends here, but they were nothing like this. Yeah. And I know for me, like the lesson in it has been, it requires energy. Yeah. Um, it requires, uh, it requires love yeah. and care and kindness. Yeah. And I I don't like cliches, but in in this case, the cliche is true that. You get out what you put in. Yeah. You absolutely get out what you put in. And so on one hand, you know, becoming your friend was initially only because I wanted my daughter to see that she could also make friends. Yeah. I got so much more than I bargained for because I also got dear, dear friends. Um, And I realize now that that's, that's become so much more enriching, you know? Um, I mean, Kelly, like I think about this, like you are the person who, who planted Amstigator. Like I remember where we were. I remember Mm -hmm. distinctly like the section of road when we were walking one day and you were like, you know, Lauren, you should start a podcast. It was probably like March or May or it was just sunny. I just remember it was sunny and warm. Were we pregnant? You were. I was. I, n- wait. I think you were both <laughs> pregnant. 
No, no, this was, was last year. Yeah, this is my postpartum. Okay. Yeah, okay. so this is 2021. We just had babies. You you were pregnant. Yes. No. No, I had an We were both postpartum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, like time. Like time. <laughs> we're really good at this game. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this was like May 2021. Gotcha. And yes. you were like, you should start a podcast. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's a lot of work. Mm. Like, that's the last thing I'm going to do. And the, But you were the one. You, like, planted the seed. I think you everything that you had been saying was like we were thinking we were talking about like you know just life and where you were feeling called and where you were feeling like a little stuck and I think just hearing hearing what you said and knowing your gifts I was like I mean, put more, the pieces together yeah more people <laughs> need to hear what you're saying not I mean you are incredible on the news I think the most incredible thing about being your friend and the thing that I love to do the most with Pedro is like we'll be watching you on the news and I'll like text you during a commercial yes. and he'll text back and I'm like she just texted me <laughs> and then he'll be like live it <laughs> and he was like that's crazy and it's just you're incredible at what you do and you give these snippets of stories from people and like you said you wanted you wanted yeah. a way to be able to tell this story yeah. But not on the, you know, you don't the have life time story. for that. Yeah. There, well, there's just like newscasts don't give a platform for it, right? right. Like there's just not, it's because they're not built for that. They're not, they were never meant to be able to convey an entire story. And I think the older I get, the more I realize life is not black and white. Right. Life right. happens in the gray. Yeah. And there's nothing about a newscast that allows you to be gray. convey gray. Yeah. There's no gray in a right. newscast. It's black and white. It's fact or or untruth. You know, that's it. Yeah. But I started to realize both in my own life and in the stories that I was telling that the that the real part of the story was in the gray. Yeah. And there was no way to tell it unless I created yeah. the, you know, the platform for it. I will say something about this friend group that's different than any group I've had before, because I went also from like high school, college, then to like work setting, then to baseball wife. Yeah, all these wives and girlfriends, the wags. And you're forced to be in a community. And a lot of it is a little bit like your coworkers. Like you should, I formed deep bonds with some of the women, still some of my really great best friends. But in other senses, like your husbands are working together. This is their livelihood. And so there's- Technically it takes care of your life too. Right, right? and my livelihood. And they, they, we need to get along. You know, so like th- there's an authenticity, but there's also like I need to respect this person as like a coworker. We're going to have to coexist. We're going to mm-hmm. have to sit next to each other. So there's a difference of like you're forced to be in a community together. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great things about that. It kind of like takes the guesswork out of it. Like yeah. you're going to have to be around these people, yeah. whatever. Work you know it what out, figure it out. out. Mm-hmm. You can maybe, you know, a little friendship by fire. With this group, I feel like the thing that I love the most about it is it's like it's an adult friendship. It's boundaried in the right way. Mm. We're friends because we want to be. So the yeah. effort that we put in is like, it's true. You know, like mm. we're going to meet each other. We might not be able to get together all the time, but it's not like there's no, I remember as a younger person, like overanalyzing, you know, if like, oh, well, this baseball wife said no to me at this time or whatever, like maybe she's doesn't want to be my friend or, you Mm -hmm. know, this didn't work out or I don't, this person's view or whatever. And I feel like our friendship, it's authentic. We talk about real things. I can name Mm. on my hand. Oh yeah. The times that we've talked about things that are trivial, you know what I mean? Like we don't, it's just, don't you feel like it borders almost like a therapy, like a therapy relationship? Every time (laughs) we're together, I feel like it's like deep, it's there, but it's also like, like you said, I think the biggest difference 
is it's really intentional. Like our friendship is intentional. We try to show up as our best selves for each other and give our best selves to each other. And we have a lot of fun. It's not like, you know, we're also soccer moms and legit. But I don't know. I think I'm so proud of our friendship, I guess I would say. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what I would tell someone what the lesson is, but I feel like Lauren yeah. will, will know the, yeah, <laughs> how well, to I sum think, it all up. I think part of how to get there is like, let's talk about the tenets of a positive, uh, encouraging, uplifting adult friendship. Yeah. Who wants to start? Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> to finish my introduction of Kelly. Oh, yeah. An oh, hour okay. No, so like, I think, you know, you, at least at our age, I feel like you want to be surrounded by people that, will help you grow, that yeah. you, there's, not that there's a benefit that you gain from, but that like. They enrich. The, yeah, yes. there's it's like an a, enrichment. a value yeah. added yes. type thing, right? And I feel like Kelly will always be there with her empathy and <laughs> mm. understanding and like you'll mention something in passing and she'll be like, oh, but what about this? Mm. And it's like, oh, you were actually listening to me. Like, you know, and it, it, it <laughs> It makes you feel valued, right? Mm -hmm. And then, Lauren, I feel like you're always like, tell me more about this. And maybe that's just your natural No, I'm genuinely self. interested. No, yeah, <laughs> and you feel that in a conversation where it's like, like I'm just mentioning something that happened at work and you're like, oh, tell me more about that. Whether it's because you don't understand it or you want to understand more about my life or all of the above, right? And being in that kind of setting with girlfriends, I feel like it makes you want more, right? Yes. And I feel like the other girls are the same, where yeah. like everyone is just very engaging and has something to offer the group yeah. and a different insight from a different perspective. And yeah, it just makes you want to come back for more. I feel yeah. Like. yeah, it's I like know. the best kind of think tank. We're all <laughs> such different people Literally, coming from yeah. such different places and it like works, it's respectful, yeah. I, it's, it's really incredible. I'm super sad to be leaving it, but you will not get rid of me. Right. So don't even think yeah, for a second. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm coming to New York. Well, I'm going to actually be really vacations. upset like if you just disappear. Like we actually have this running joke that Kelly's just going to like. Yeah, Irish isn't goodbye. It Irish goodbye. Uh, yeah, Irish goodbye. <laughs> like, I am part Irish, despite <laughs> the way I look. <laughs> you wouldn't know it, but my maiden name is Murphy. And I do a great Irish goodbye. I'm not going to do that, though. Yeah, no, you can't. No. Like we actually have a full on list of all the things that we've got to get done. To do. And we only have a couple of weeks left, which I'm really pissed about. But that's but we don't the because she's coming back. Exactly. And we'll always and be able to get I think yeah. the beautiful part about this friendship, or at least I hope, and like my intention is to be intentional about our friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna have to forge my new community in New Jersey and that's gonna be hard. But I have this group as my Hey, this happened for me. Yeah. Like I went to therapy. I started therapy. And one of the things that was my complaint or like what I was missing in my life was I didn't feel a sense of community in Nashville. Nashville mm. is like an incredible city. I am mm. so lucky to have called this home for so long. And yet I felt like such an outsider. Like I just yeah. couldn't break the like I couldn't break in. I couldn't find a friend. And I was like divine that as I went to therapy, I like opened myself up to like, I need to find my community. And then you guys were like, do you want to go on a date? I hear that. I hear that. And I'm like, but you finally said, like you said it, like in I, a way, mm -hmm. like woo woo, like you manifested friends. Like I you did. said, this is the time I need a friend. And you finally like opened your heart enough to it, 100%. which I feel like 
there's there's a bigger there's a bigger lesson in that you yeah. know and you did it with a friend what for someone else what what if it's a job yeah or what if it's a husband or what if it, I, I mean it doesn't doesn't matter what it is yeah. but finally getting to the place where I say like you there's a point where we all get to the end of ourselves in whatever trial it is mm-hmm. you know or yeah. like maybe it's your health like you get to the end of yourself and you say dear God I I can't right like this is it this is it I need a friend or I need to feel better or I need a job or whatever. It's I think it's th- there's something about this like act of surrender almost, mm. like surrendering the problem and then opening your heart and then realizing maybe it's like like this like release of ego in a way. Of, like so. I've got to have something here and being I don't like to use the word broken enough, but being I don't know, like vulnerable enough. Yes. Open, yeah. Yeah, yeah open. open enough to say I can no longer do this on my own power. I need help. And I think once we reach that point, that's the point where things can really like come in. Yeah. There's such power in like naming what you need and like being open to then seeing it. Right. Like maybe I didn't realize before that community was really what was missing through therapy. I was able to see like, yeah, you know, motherhood for me was I had to do IVF. Yeah. I was, I felt so alone in that. And then I had a baby. My husband got traded to another team. Those women were a lot younger. No one had any kids. I felt so alone. And then I just like kind of dug into being alone. Like, oh, I'm just going to do this myself. And this is how motherhood is. And wow, that was awful. (laughs) That was way harder than it needed to be. But you know, motherhood's hard. I was probably dealing with postpartum depression. Didn't didn't know who to ask for help. None of my friends had kids. And I just feel like I'm so glad I met you guys when I did. I feel like too, though, like part of our society, I mean, I'm totally guilty of this is like, we think, well, once you become a mom, it's like, well, millions of women for thousands of years have done this. I can do it. Yeah. You know, I can go through a traumatic childbirth I can feel alone in this. I, like, this is actually part of my plight as a woman. And I think I think we just sort of like brush that stuff away. But when you find a group of women who will like almost like um, like a fishing pole, throw out the fact that like, oh, yeah, postpartum. Just yeah. got to throw that yeah. out there. If anyone else wants to jump into this pond, I just I just like threw my reel into. And I think for each of us, like, you know. Be- becoming friends with someone is literally like casting out like the, the the rod and reel and seeing if anyone else wants to cast out into that same pond with you. Yeah. Because sometimes like as you start to reel it back in, like anybody, any gonna, anybody right. going to yeah. pick yeah. up yeah. on the fact yeah. that I just said I'm like really dealing with some hard stuff and I'm alone. And then when no one bites, when no one bites, it's like, okay, these aren't my people. Yeah. But when I think, God, I just think that's like why we've been so fortunate is we were all, we just all happened to be standing around the same pond at the same time, casting our same, like rod and reel at the same time. And we all went like, oh, you need a friend. I do too, you know? And I think it's important that like, I think in my past friendships, it was not unhealthy, but like, you know, you, you sort of, or I sort of made it so like, the person maybe I would be like, well, they don't like running, you know, and I run a lot or like they don't like doing this and whatever. And I found that with our friend group, there's no like 
we don't really overlap, no. right? Yeah. Like none no. of us really have the no. same interests at all. And I think that it's important to maybe like when you're first starting out on a friendship to like find a common ground, but it's not, it doesn't have to be the basis of your friendship. Like you can have your run friends, you know, like you can have people yeah, that you right. run with and you're, you know, whatever. And actually then, research suggests that you should have different groups of friends because yeah, sense. it's actually yeah somewhat healthy yeah. to have different like groups. Yeah. You guys are my therapy friends. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you guys listen, provide life for True story. Me. I feel like being in this group normalized therapy for me because I felt like everyone was like, oh yeah, my therapist says this. And yeah. I was like, huh. And I, maybe it was also like COVID and like whatever, but it pushed me to go start seeing a therapist. Yeah. And you know, you were very active in that. And it is like changed my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just yeah. not that it was like this, like, moment of crisis that I needed anything in particular, but it was more like, hey, I need like a Switzerland. Yeah. Talk to me. Someone who has no, yeah. Yeah, like not a girlfriend who can help me, but like getting over that hump of like therapy. Yeah. And like all the stigma that go along with it. And you guys were like, no, it's this is great. therapy. It's a cheat code for life. I want that. (laughs) And my life is forever changed, you know? And like it wouldn't have happened had I not met y'all. And had that normalized experience, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I think meeting all of you at a point where everyone is very open and vulnerable yes. and like down for it. Yeah. I think we were all at kind of like, we were at very similar points in our life. Some of the other girls were maybe a little bit ahead, ahead of us, but we were all in that like open, vulnerable yes. here for it yeah. phase where like it made all the difference. Yeah. Right. And, I think all our interactions have been amazing because of that reason. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It, that's also what's, you know, partly interesting about like the trajectory of a, of a woman's life. You know, the the again the cliches. I hate cliches, but like takes a village to raise a child. I there was, for me specifically, I've always been so proud to be able to do things on my own. Like mm-hmm. that's just a real point of pride. Like this idea of like I can do it all. I can do it all. You know, like have my cake and eat it too. Like that's just a real point of pride. Like it's become like a real identifier for me. Um, uh, just its own like <laughs> issue, but like for the point of this story, like I can do it. I all, I can do it all. You get to this point of like becoming a mother. And that's the, f- I, I think even in pregnancy, there's this realization of like, uh-huh. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. And then once you have a child, then it's like, Oh, I really can't do this alone. Right. You have to have someone. You yeah. have to have someone yeah. that maybe there's a parent, maybe there's some childcare, maybe there's some something. Like you cannot do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, um, God, we keep using the word vulnerable. I wish there was another word for it. Like there is a vulnerability in that. Certainly postpartum, there's a postpartum vulnerability, yeah. like where you yourself are physically somewhat broken depending on like yeah. depending on how, how, tra- it was. Yeah. how traumatic the childbirth <laughs> yeah. was like there might be yeah. some like major physical trauma yeah. there might also be emotional trauma plus you're not sleeping right. yeah. you know so like nobody heals when they're not sleeping you yeah. don't heal from anything when you're not sleeping and so I think it's almost like when I look at it like if I was going to be in this corner and I was going to look down on like what it means to be a woman and specifically what it means to be a mom it's like motherhood puts you in this place where you are so precarious that the only way that you can survive is by leaning on other 
women. Yeah. yeah. And who are we right. if we are not there for each other? Yeah. Right. And again, Seriously. it's like um, friendship is not a luxury. No. Female friendships are not a luxury. Yeah. They are a necessity. Yeah. And and for me, I didn't find that until I became a mom. Um, Kelly, what did you what do you think are the tenets of a positive and like life giving friendship that mm. that you'll look for as you now move mm. away from us and you yeah. leave us? Oh my gosh. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I think the things that I see in you guys are your willingness to obviously like have deep conversation, a willingness to like see people for who they are, ask questions. So I'd say someone who feels or seems open, but I also think a big tenant for me, hmm, I mean, we're gonna use the word again, mm-hmm. open, but vulnerable, like someone who's willing to, to be vulnerable with you, someone who's willing to hear your story and maybe not have all the right things to say or even know what to say or have advice to give, but to be there for you, to show up in a hold space kind of way. You know, like I think the positive thing about this friendship is we are all so different. And I feel like I have learned so much from y'all. Like you're obviously all very well accomplished and I have some insecurity about that. No, yeah, yeah, the accomplishments but, aside, like it's but, not about that. Like, But the thing that I've learned from you guys is this beautiful balance that you bring to your life. Like I think before I just, I, I, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't see how I could like step outside of motherhood. It was like, well, this is my job, I guess, for the next 18 years, you know, like this is how I'm going to do it. And to see you guys strike this beautiful balance of like, you know, you guys have full-time jobs. Like, I'm glad it appears as balanced. Yeah, like no. I, like oh. it doesn't feel balanced. Mission accomplished. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you guys have full-time jobs and you're also full-time moms. Like you guys have each taken my children, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like gone on play dates, like, literally been like hey Kelly you guys are moving you guys have all this going on what can we do drop Lucy off like and I don't know I just see I feel like man I don't even know tenants of friendship I'm on a tangent I don't know I mean I think I'm never moving because I don't want to go through this again yeah yeah. (laughs) so I I give you all the credit but I do think that having moved a lot in the past you know every four years or whatever that You know, there's been cycles where I don't get this group of girlfriends and it's hard. It makes yeah. everything else in life harder. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. being able to find people. Yes, it was work initially, I think, when we all met to be like, OK, I like them. They're keepers. Yeah. Let's put some effort in. But yeah. now I feel like not that it's effortless because we still have to be like, hey, what are you doing? We need to have yes. coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, there's effort certainly, but, and energy. But there's definitely like a. an effortless thing component of it where it's just easy with y'all because y'all keep it real. You're all like, listen, no, weekends are my kid time. I don't want to see y'all unless it's a family thing. If we get the families together, I'll do it all day. And like, keep it real and there's no judgment and across the board, everyone is very frank, open, real, genuine. Yes. And like, I think that would be a tenant moving forward if I ever moved. Yeah, which you're not to a place where I don't know anyone. Um, that's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what my classified ad is going to say that. Like, are you yeah. open? Are you real? Yeah. You know, because I don't yeah. I don't care what like 
your Instagram posts say or yes. like yeah. how well no. you filter your pictures. Yeah, you know? honestly, like if you're off Instagram, we're probably even closer to being friends. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. freaking yeah. hate yeah. social media, yeah. you guys. Like, oh my God. You know, but I, I don't care if you're feeding your kids organic foods and, you know, doing all the things that are supposed to be the right yeah. way to parent. Like, I just want you to be like a cool, normal person yeah. and like down with it and yeah. not judge me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's don't, yeah, right. Don't judge it's me. like safe space. And yeah. I think like too, like we've keep talking about like it's an intentionality, right? Like yeah. we make dates and it's like how everyone talks about self-care. This is a form of self-care. Yeah. Well, we I, it this. is my self-care. It like, is what I need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that I yeah. need this. Yeah. This is what I need. Yeah. Let's meet. We're meeting up. We haven't met up in this long. Let's meet up. And I plan on doing that when I move to Jersey. So like, wait with us, you're going to fly yeah, in. Just I'm <laughs> serious. Like if you guys, you want to come sleep on my couch, Can my house pick is... me up from the airport. Oh. I'm serious. <laughs> like I, you know, Nashville, Tennessee is my home. I was born here. Like I will be coming back to Tennessee forever. Like this is, you know, my cousin lives here. She's one of my best friends. Like I will be coming back to Nashville and like, I plan on making it like, Hey, Kelly's coming. October, whatever. Let's get. Could together. you come kid free? Because like that would be an amazing Main, weekend, yes. and we could actually fulfill this to do list we've never done. Yeah, we definitely need anyway. to do that. <laughs> like soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's flip the coin because if like we've talked about the tenets of um of a positive friendship, maybe it's the the openness, the I was gonna say the genuity. That's not right. Like genuineness. Yeah. Um, the willingness to go deep, the willingness to hold space. Yeah. What is the opposite of that? Like picture for me the person who's not the friend you're looking for. What is that person? Who is that person? What what is, what is it that they do that isn't right? Hmm. I think someone that's more into the, like I was saying, like the pomp and circumstance yeah. and like the very like formality, like there's none of that here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's a very yes casual, yes. it flows. It's not structured and yeah. it's not a way that things should be. It just is. Yeah, there's nothing on the surface. When we first met, like you said, it took you a long time to know even what Joyce did. There was like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We started, no one knew anything about anybody. No. We accepted each other as who we Here's were. Here's who you are right now. Yeah. And actually, I will say, I have, I have tried to, I've made it a personal point since that worked out so well for me, yeah. like finding you guys and never asking you anything about your lives or yeah. who you are, just like accept, accepting here you are today and yeah. here's who you are. Yeah. Um, I no longer ask, so what do you do? I yeah. never ask people that anymore. Like, yeah. And it's become like my own personal game yeah. of like, how well can I know someone yeah. before I know what they do eight, 10 hours a day? Like, or in your case, 12 hours a day. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean because like you For start sure. to know a person way deeper than yeah, I don't know like what you do and the letters behind your name. That's that's still surface. Yeah, you've spent years of your life working toward sure. it. That's still surface. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, no, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kelly. <laughs> no, I, I. That's just what I think. I think that there was not that there wasn't anything to gain, but I feel like if you're gonna go into a friendship thinking like this person can do X, Y, and Z for me. Right. Or this person is, this person's, you know, like they have some sort of status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know this or they yeah. have this power or whatever. Then, you know, that could work out for you, but I don't think that you're going to get this, you know? Right. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I've gotten that and I had no idea who you guys were. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I've, I've felt I've grown so much by being your, your friend. And yeah. that feels really good. I hope I've done the same in some small way for you guys because honestly you guys changed my life with like, 
We wouldn't keep you on the thread if you didn't. I mean, <laughs> I don't have the memes like Joyce, but but I think like the vibe, like you know, the vibe is a very, it just flows, right? Yeah. Like yeah. whatever we do in our jobs or in our like professional lives, it's irrelevant when we come together because it just flows and it works yes. and we all are like growing and learning off of each other. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we all are searching for kind of moving forward. Like, yeah. you know, we're we're too old to waste time with yes. people that aren't going to help us grow, yeah. right? And yeah. and I'm not wasting time with you guys, you know? And, and you, we celebrate each other, you know, from yeah. like small victories, big victories. Like we've all had things happen in our life. Sure. And I think... Anytime if you're entering into a friendship and you feel competitive with the people around you, yeah, or that you sounds feel terrible. Yes, I mean that's just yeah. like instant shrink, right? Like yeah. I am not wanting to be around yeah. that energy at all. Like if there's yeah. like a tit for tat, or there's never, you know, what's another blessing of the, our group is that how many times have we like your kids have been in my house? My kid, we don't even know because it's. There's no or like I just text and be like, hey, can my kid come over? Yeah, there's <laughs> no. Can I drop my kid off at <laughs> your yeah. house? It, there's like, no like. That sounds so wrong to be like here. You know the other person's <laughs> gonna get you back, right? Like yeah. you know that yeah. it's just like, yeah. hey, we're here for each other. This is our group. This is our community. It's yeah. a safe place for our kids. Our kids feel safe. Yeah. At you know what yeah. I mean, like. And they're and they're happy. They're, they're really yes. happy oh to be gosh. together. You're and none of them. Charlie grab your children in like the big bear hug and lift them up. I'm just like yes. And none of them go to school together. That's what's like so sweet is like they met in preschool. They've all gone to different schools. And like, I'm going to be honest, like I've never had play dates with any of the kids. My goes to school with. And my husband has said to me, he's like, you should actually put some effort to becoming friends uh, with these other women. And I'm like, you know, it's not even so much like an effort situation. It's like. I just know, like, again, it's, yeah. it's that pond. Like yeah. I throw, I cast, yeah. I cast the reel, the run reel, I cast it. And then I'm like reeling it back. I'm reeling it back and nobody bites on the things I say. And I realize either they're not like non-toxic woke enough to figure out what it is that I'm saying, like the, the depth that I'm going at, yeah. or maybe they're uncomfortable by the depth or because like I don't do surface. Period. I don't do surface. And so like you're only going to roll with me if you're going to go super deep with me. Because other other than that, like I just I just have no interest in in anything if it's not about how are you evolving? How are you growing? How are you learning yourself? How you know, how are you improving? Not not in a like not in a I don't not in a toxic way, but in like let's be realistic about faults. Yeah. You know, I don't ever want things. Things are not perfect. Right. And so I'm constantly pushing against this idea of like things need to look perfect or be perfect or um, and it's a function of how I was raised, like the need for perfection, the need for perfection, the need for things to look right. Yeah. And then on top of that, the 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 um, industry that I chose. Sure. Right. Like professionally, things are always supposed to look yeah. perfect. Your hair is supposed to be perfect. Your makeup is supposed to be perfect. Your clothes, your body, like everything. Video is supposed to be everything. Yeah. The production is supposed to be here. And I've found myself specifically in my 30s really digging my heels into the ground of like things aren't perfect. Yeah. You know, it's not the black and white. It's not perfect or not. And so I find myself being in these new, new social situations around people who haven't reached that point. 
because maybe maybe they're still super comfortable with the myth of perfection. I am not comfortable with it anymore. Yeah. And so I actively look for people who also are uncomfortable with perfection, that are more comfortable with the acceptance of imperfection. And so I, and I know very quickly, like if someone's there, then they're there. Yeah. If they're not there, it's like, you're not, you're not my people. And yeah. doesn't matter. Like you're someone else's people. You're just not mine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, um, like you guys are, you're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck with me because I found you. But I think that is a lot of what motherhood has kind of like forced us to realize that nothing is perfect. Yeah. Nothing about motherhood is, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things about it, yeah. but nothing about it is perfect and flawless yeah. and like that perfectly filtered picture, right? Like yeah. there's so much more that people don't talk about that I need my girlfriends to keep it real yeah. to commiserate with and yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. me about and say, this is not normal. This is normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would say that's another beautiful part of our friendship as being mothers whose daughters are to were together in the same school. There was never a moment of like, competitiveness of like yeah. what's your kid doing right. you know it was and acceptance it was acceptance it was like beautiful like acceptance of all of our children at their different stages and their different quirks and like you know my daughter's dealing with something and there was never like a hmm you know like well what's wrong with mm -hmm. kelly's kid you know yeah. it was like how can we support you you know yeah. like this is I, I don't know there's a like a rallying behind like let's make let's help them get through whatever they're getting through yeah, you know yeah. like yeah I don't know I never even felt for a second judged I just felt yeah, like yeah. I'm just gonna lay it all out you know like <laughs> yeah here it is here it is this is what we're dealing with yeah I would say the the tenets of a supportive friendship as like we as we talk about it it feels like acceptance yeah yeah non-judgment yeah. that's what that's yeah. what it feels like to me acceptance yeah, yeah. non-judgment um encouragement yeah yeah and just you know love 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 and in a way too the way we found each other and the way we continue to support each other does feel like a marriage you yeah. know a strong marriage does that too a, yeah. um, a strong marriage marriage this is its own conversation I grew up thinking marriage had to be hard mm. and then when I became um you know once I met Blake and and then married Blake and you know continue got I've been with him 16 years now like my concept of a healthy relationship is it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's mm. just so easy. There's nothing hard about that because I love him. I support him. I accept him. Same with, same with him. Mm. He loves me. Sure. He supports me. He accepts me. You know, we encourage each other, encourage each other when we need it. And I look at our friendship as one that's equally as life-giving because it nourishes me it, it it accepts me yeah you know it doesn't judge me the same tenets of a strong marriage are the same tenets of a strong friendship yeah. yeah I think it's like too when you say obviously I know what you mean when you say the marriage is easy that doesn't mean that it's not work or that it's not right. I mean there's always right, right there's always things but like you have to be committed to that it does take right. two people to be equally committed yes and it's almost like you're holding up a mirror to each other and it's like, Hey, I'm going to go on this path. I'm going to, I'm going to walk here. I want to grow here. Um, these are the ways that I need help growing. And these are the ways that, you know, 
the mirror reflects back the ways that they need help growing. And when you're like in an easy accepting marriage, it's like you're holding each other's hands through the growth, even though their growth looks different than yours. Yeah. You're accepting that they might not be on the train when you're on the train. Yeah. They're still on the platform, but that's okay. You're accepting. They're yeah. like, hey, I'm going to get on. And when you're ready, I'll be there. Right. You know, and like we'll we'll get through it together. And I think that's also the same way, like. Not to bring it back to this. It's going to sound real insecure, but you guys are like in a different place than I am. I'm getting ready to embark on the journey to become a counselor and you guys are already there, but you're not saying like, oh, Kelly, you know what I mean? Like Our, such hard work in front of you. You're like, you can do this. Yeah. We'll be well, here for you. Because we know you can. And I, and, and I just look at it as this is the work you're meant to do. Right. right. I it's mean, like I just natural. Yeah. For you, being, you, you being a, mm-hmm. you being a therapist is the work you're here to do. Like, yeah. I just feel that so strongly because it's so that. naturally who you are that of course it's going to be hard. Yes. Of course it is. Right. That, but we're, we don't, you don't need us to tell you that, but we will be here to say, this is what you're meant to do. Yeah. So. And then I can do it on the, on the mom side. Right. Like I can be a therapist and a mom sure. and like, it's going to be challenging, but you guys, uh, I see you like, you know, a couple stops down, like, Hey, it's okay. We're but, here. And but it's that's great. the fallacy <laughs> in all of it is that you think that like we're, that it's a linear track. It's, it's true. not, that's not true. nothing it's about not. life is linear. It's not. You're right. It's very true. It's not linear. And I think with, as with everything, you know, we didn't want to go to that birthday party, <laughs> yeah. but we put the effort in, right? right? Or like, yeah. you know, we definitely put effort into our marriages. Yeah. We are always putting effort in. But at the beginning, we all probably put a lot more effort in, you know, starting a career. You're putting the effort in. Yeah. But there comes a point, I feel like, where it does become kind of effortless because it's just so natural. Right? That's what I really want from it. Like, I actually was at therapy this morning and was talking about the fact that that's that's the part that I want next. I had originally planned that this fall I would be starting school. And so the the renovations, our move, the selling of our house, nothing has gone according to plan. And I think hashtag uh, life, hashtag life. And I think the beautiful part is because being a therapist means so much to me and I don't look at it as like, I need this accomplishment. I need to go to school so that I can do this. I feel like if I, if this is my purpose, then I'm going to start practicing I want to be that person. I'm going to start practicing. What would a therapist do tomorrow? You know, what would a therapist say in this situation? Like practice those skills, obviously not professionally, you know, or like giving people advice, but like, what, what does that look like for me? And take it slow. Like, let it be intentional. Let it be this precious thing that I'm holding in my hands, open-handed, seeing where it goes. Maybe I start school in the spring. Maybe I don't, you know, but I just want to keep moving forward in that. And like, I feel like being that. open and being yeah. present and, for it. And let yourself have an experience. Let myself have an experience, <laughs> not an expectation. Hashtag Shannon Chaltwood. <laughs> Season two instigator. She's amazing. Um, but seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just love those women so much. I mean, they really have made the difference for me as I've lived here in Nashville here in these last few years. They have given me so much joy and understanding. They've helped me feel less alone. You know, like when we're adults, when we're moms, it can be really lonely. And without other women who, you know, have the same life experience or or understand what you're going through, you know, it's just, it can be hard. But these women, you know, we get each other and we're there for each other. I hope when you listen to this episode, you understand what it can mean to have these kinds of female friends who are there for you and support you and encourage you in the way that, you know, we all need. 
And those women really express what the season is going to be about. Uh, We recorded that particular episode while I was still not back at work. I was still just sitting there. I could barely walk. They wanted to cancel on me, but I was like, girls, I can't walk, but I definitely can talk. I mean, it's not my mouth that's a problem. Let's be clear here. My mouth still works. I can sit and talk with you and we can have this kind of conversation. And I'm just so glad we did because they just, you know, they just made me feel alive. They made me feel healthy and whole. Like they support me, you know, even in what's been a real hard trial. Now, in that episode, you heard Kelly talking about that she was about to move to New Jersey. Since we recorded it just in the last many days, Kelly has since moved. Uh, That hurts my heart a lot. Uh, But, you know, we text all the time and check in, and I just tell her how much I love and miss her. Um, And she's not getting rid of me, you know? Like, she's just not. Because when you have that kind of close relationship with someone, we can do long distance. Who cares, you know? I I can go on a road trip. I can opt for a great opportunity to get out of town, you know? So I'm here for that. And Joyce will always and forever be saving people's lives at the hospital, you know, being the advocate for people like she was for me helping them, helping them heal, helping them understand what's going on. You know, she was my angel and she's being the angel for other people too. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode so much. I really enjoyed uh, recording it and putting it together for you. And I hope it gives you an indication of where season three is going. It's going to be great. For now, I encourage you to shine your light, lead with your heart and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry and this is Amstigator. (laughs) 